Are you tired of spending your time and money chasing strategy after strategy only to discover what worked 10, 5, or even 2 years ago is not working now? Things shift fast in the online space, and if you're not keeping up, you're getting left behind. It's time for something different. Welcome to the Marketing, Media, and Money Podcast, where every single episode will be jam-packed with proven, profitable strategies, behind-the-scenes secrets, and what's working now resources. From industry experts and global influencers to help you scale your business, shorten your learning curve, and stand out in a crowded, noisy marketplace. And now, your host, award-winning marketing and media strategist and international speaker, Patty Farmer. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Marketing, Media, and Money podcast. I am looking forward to sharing another amazing industry expert with you today. And today is really kind of special for me because the person that we are having on the podcast today, somebody that is near and dear to me and somebody that I have known for not only a very long time, but have collaborated with, shared stages with, came to my own event for me to speak on my stage. And we have done so many things together that she just had to be here to share her knowledge and she is so generous so get ready let me tell you a little bit about her so Catherine rose is the founding ceo of wise her holds an illustrious career as an entrepreneur and an accomplished writer she is a highly sought after speaker is a tireless champion for women she has received accolades for her vision commitment and leadership now i have to tell you that is just such a small portion of who she is and what she does. So we're going to dive right in because she's going to be sharing some gems today. Make sure you get your pen and paper out because it's going to be gold. So thank you so much, Catherine, for being here with me today. Thank you so much, Patty, for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, I'm so excited. And, you know, I know it's a busy time for you. And I really want to get into that because I think that is super interesting, super rewarding, and I think it is going to be very beneficial for the audience. But before we do, I want to step back just a little bit. Uh, I know that um, as women and as entrepreneurs, so for the men out there, right? So as an entrepreneur, business owner, you didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I think when I grow up, I'm going to be this right you know it didn't just happen that we all did other things and like I know that you and I share a very parallel kind of way that we got to where we were going but what was it for you in that journey made you go from what you were doing doing now what you know is to the very fiber of your being what you were meant to do like tell us a little bit about the journey there here and why you absolutely know this is the thing you were meant to do. Sure. Yeah. So for me, a lot of times when folks start businesses, especially women, right, it's either by circumstance or by design. And the first time I started my own business, it was by circumstance. So it was 10 years ago, over 10 years ago now when the massive financial crisis hit and I was working on Wall Street and mortgage-backed securities. So you, you know, could probably guess how that story ended. <laughs> and it, you know, so the, they closed our division 
And at the same time, or right around the same time, I had my first child and my mom had a brain aneurysm that left her paraplegic. So within three months, I lost my job, I had a baby, and I almost lost my mom. And I thought, you know, I had to do something else with my life, but, you know, it was hard to go back to Wall Street just having a you know, brand new baby and then try to take care of my mom too. I knew that I, I needed something that I could do kind of on the fly, right? And so I went and called all my old customers because I've you know, been in sales for a long, long time. And I asked them, what, what can I do for you? And they all wanted their websites to rank in Google. And I thought, well, how hard could that be? <laughs> but <laughs> it turns out it's pretty hard, especially if you only use Google to find places to meet your clients for dinner, right? So I went online and I started searching. I didn't know it was called search engine optimization. I didn't know anything. And everybody wanted me to read their book or take their course. And I just didn't have that kind of time. And so I found someone, I hired them, paid for their time. And very quickly, within two weeks, I got my first paying client. And then I parlayed that into um, social media, marketing, and SEO consultancy. And that's you know where you and I met, right? For, and shared a bunch of stages and things, talking about social media visibility. But one of the things I really wanted to do at first, the people who were really supporting me were other women business owners. But when it came down to it, to hire me, they really just didn't have the budget. And I thought, you know, why is that? And so I wrote the books and I did a lot of speaking and training, um, you know, to kind of serve that audience. And then fast forward, you know, 10 years, we, women businesses account for like 13 million women businesses, but 90% of us are still solopreneurs and 88% are under a hundred thousand in revenue. And you know, again, I'm looking at that challenge saying, why is that? And then, you know, when we've started looking behind the scenes, we realized that one of the biggest challenges is access to experts. Just like I did when I was first starting off, I didn't have time to read the book and, you know, take the course. I just wanted someone to tell me, show me, you know, how to do it. And so that's when Wiseher was born. And, you know, you said every fiber of your being, it, it, it really is. This is a mission for us you know, to build this army, so to speak, of these uh, experts that can help women go forward faster in their businesses or careers just by getting that one-to-one -one access. And it's just, it's been an incredible journey, but it's, it, as you said, it's like, I know that this is what I was meant to do. I love that. So Catherine, what do you think are maybe say the top three to five challenges women specifically face in the workplace today i mean you know i know that you know the common things that people would say if you know you just took a mic around and started asking people they'd say oh work-life balance you know all of those things i actually think it goes deeper than that i mean there are some real challenges out there and you know my personal belief is what women are doing now have been doing but really you can see that the wave is changing, right? And, yeah. I, but I do feel like we do still have some challenges we have to overcome. So what do you feel are some of the challenges that women are having right now and are really kind of struggles or roadblocks are standing in their way? Not necessarily the solution yet, we'll get to that in a minute, but what do you think yeah. some of those challenges are? Well, that's a great question. We we did a, a lot of research. So I have about 150,000 women on, on my email list. And um, I'm on the Executive Council of Advancing Women in Technology uh, globally. So 
Um, and then there's been tons and tons of research done. So we, we just basically sat back and did a lot of research and then actually leaving our, 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 our office and going out and talking to women and just trying to uncover what those challenges are. Because, you know, when you look at the numbers on the fa their face, oh, you're thinking, well, they just need more business, right? They don't have enough business to get them over that hump for the $100,000 you know, of revenue. But when you really look behind the numbers, it goes much, much deeper. So one is typically we, you know, we form tribes around our personal life women do. You know, if we want a good hair salon recommendation or a gynecologist or something, like we rely on that female tribe of wisdom. But we're not really socialized, or at least I was in any ways, to build deep business networks. I did it just because I like people like you, right? I mean, we, you know, we build our huge networks because we just like to surround ourselves with really smart people. And, you know, I've, I've built a huge network over the years. And, but most of the time we don't, I mean, in my town, we, we came up with this working moms group because none of us actually knew what we did for a living because every time we saw each other, all we did was talk about our kids. <laughs> so you know, it's funny. yeah, it's just not something that, you know, we're, we're sort of socialized. So one is access to those, those experts and mentors, because when we look up in our companies, women only occupy 14% of the top posts. There's just not enough of them to go around to mentor everybody. Right. So um, the second is a real challenge, and I, and, and I know that it, there's a lot of focus on it now too, but it's this idea of a real or perceived lack of education can really hold us back. So it's that confidence gap they, they, we talk about that you know, women still aren't asking for the top dollars when they go for negotiations or you know, when they go for their consulting contracts or whatever. Women need... 90% of the criteria before they even apply for a job. So if it says 10 years experience and you have nine years, 11 months and 29 days, you're like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just not qualified. Right. Whereas men, it's like 30%, you know, they need 30 to 40% before they apply for a job. So if the, if the criteria is 10 years experience, you know, they might count their bachelor's degree as four years, right. And they might send in the application. So the confidence gap is a real challenge. The third is what we call cognitive or mental load. And you mentioned the work-life balance and, you know, we can, we can talk about that, but the idea of this cognitive load, it doesn't really matter if you have kids or not. If you have fur babies, you know, aging parents, studies have been done that single women do 10 hours of housework a week. Married women do 17 hours of housework a week. So just by simply getting married, we almost double our housework. And this isn't, you know, this isn't to bash men. I mean, it is what it is, right? And I, and, you know, we even say it wise her that women focused isn't anti-men. We have men experts, but this cognitive load is a real challenge because it just, it's all that other stuff in our head that takes us away from our business. And then of course the last is funding. There's a lot of press around the fact that women only get 2% of the investment capital but when we look at it, you know, I started a consulting business. You have a consulting and speaking business. These aren't businesses that you can typically, typically go to a bank and get a loan for. So the numbers, you know, say something, but it's, it's not, most women start like coaching, training and consulting businesses. So, you know, we're trying to solve a lot of those challenges. I love that. And I think that it's not just when somebody's an entrepreneur, Sometimes I think, I talk to a lot of women who are in corporate, their dream is to transition 
lot of that, right? That's what they want. They're like, you know, this is what I do. And they have all these skills, right? And they're like, I really want to have my own business, but they have no idea, like even how to do transitional stuff. So if you were going to give advice to somebody who maybe that's what they were looking for, or maybe they're a brand new business owner or entrepreneur, not necessarily brand new, meaning they know absolutely nothing, but really they kind of don't know nothing about that, right? What would be the advice that you would give them? And specifically, what would be the advice you would give them on what they should do first? Well, I think that the the one thing is 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 I've noticed that some of the some of the most challenging folks that take on entrepreneurship or small business ownership sometimes are people that come from corporate because they're used to big teams and big budgets. And I always say it's, you know, it's all funny until someone has to order the toilet paper and paper towels, because those are the kinds of things you don't think about when you're starting a business. So I think that, you know, really the, the first things to do is, you know, make sure you have those foundations in place. You know, get a bookkeeper, get, a, get an attorney. You know, I know it's, a, it, you know, sometimes it can be a little expensive in the beginning, but it's important to set those foundations up. The other thing is, you know, if, if you want to start a consulting or training or coaching business, don't let it stop you that other people are doing it, right? People say to me all the time, oh, there are tons of life coaches. Well, you know what? There are tons of motivational speakers that are out there that essentially say the same things, but it's just a different person saying it. So that doesn't mean that just because there's competition, it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, carve out your space in the world. But I do think it's really important, you know, to be as visible as possible. So if you want to take on a, a, a role as a coach, start writing, you know, thought leadership content around whatever your subject matter expertise is, or if you want to be a marketing consultant, start really looking and digging into, you know, what is it that, which, which area can you really focus in on? Maybe, maybe you want to be a marketing consultant for lawyers, or maybe you want to be a marketing consultant for, for doctors in their own practice, whatever it is, just start really looking and writing that thought leadership content and start becoming that subject matter expert it makes it a whole lot easier to transition over. You know, for me, 10 years ago was, you know, it, it was SEO was kind of a mystery to a lot of people. So I made my, my way through by demystifying SEO. Now it's a lot more complicated now than it was then, but, you know, really just demystifying it and trying to break it down into the, the, the smallest common denominator to do little things to move forward. So I think that that's what the advice that I would give is really just is, is making sure that, if you want to do something like that, that you, that you start that thought leadership content as early as possible. I love that. You said two things that I really think is very interesting about that. Cause that was really great advice. One is the thought about competition. So I have a very abundance mentality and I truly believe you're not really trying to reinvent ice cream. You're just trying to make your own flavor. Some people right. like Rocky road, some people like vanilla, yeah. right? Some people like butter pecan. So there's enough business or everybody. So I think that that is really important. Another thing that I think is important for people to realize, a lot of times people say, oh, if I could just be a speaker, or if I could just be an author, people don't hire speakers. They hire industry experts to speak. Right. There's a difference there. And so you're right in what you said, become a thought leader talk, write, be visible about what your area of expertise is. And then when you say, oh, I want to use speaking as a marketing strategy or whatever, it's a lot easier to step into that. You don't just wake up and say, oh, I think I want to 
be a speaker. What are you going to speak about? Oh, I don't know. I just want to be a speaker. So I think right. that is really important. So that was really great advice. So leading that into my very next question, segues right there. What's the best piece of advice you have ever received? I think the best piece of advice I've ever received is, you know, don't, don't let people stop you. You know, every day there's a million reasons why we can't do things. Right. So in like in my, in my, in my case with my kids, even we don't, we don't, we're not even allowed to use the word problem in our house. It's always a challenge because you know, problems will stop you in your tracks, but challenges you need to think about how to get over them and around them. You know, when you, when you look at what, you know, the history of my history, and I talked about it a little bit, but there's so many other people out there that have had challenges in their, you know, their childhood, their career, you know, um, sickness or whatever. And you can see that they've overcome in the resilience and, and, and stepping up. So for me, it was just, just don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something. That's what, you know, that's, that would be, I think, the best piece of advice that I ever got. I love that. In my family, ours is, what are your options? Even when my kids were growing up, you know, they'd be like, oh, well, I don't know when I want to do this or, or that or this. And I said, I don't know. What are your options? Let's see. First, you could do this right. or you could do this or you could do this. And pretty soon they learned it so well. And I love it now as a parent when I'm talking to them or I hear them talk to my grandkids, they're like, well, what are your options? And at first you have to kind of guide them through the thought process. Once they get it though, they start saying, okay, so what are my options? And my options are, I, you know, and now I don't even say it out loud. It just goes through my head. Okay. So this happened, the challenge, my options, I could do this, I could do this, or I could do this. And it just kind of is like a process really. You know what I mean? It just kind of helps you to be able to do that. And I think that, there's things that we learn, right? And we get advice. There's lessons that we learn along the way, right? Sometimes we get in our own way, right? So what would you say is the lesson that took you the longest to learn? Because I always like to say that sometimes when you need to learn something, it's going to keep showing back up until you learn. Yes, exactly. I think, I think the one thing that I needed to learn earlier than I did was how to say no, because I always want to be helpful. And so do you, right? We always want to be helpful. We always want to be there, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't necessarily make sense for us to spend time on certain things, or maybe there's a better way to do it. And, you know, I think that, I think we have to, you know, be more guarded with our time and more efficient with our time. And I think that that's one of the things that I wish that I had learned a little bit earlier was how to, just be more guarded, you know, with my time. I think that's really important too. And that also is another difference I feel between men and women. I mean, again, we're, we're not saying every man and woman, but I think one of the things is if I feel like in the men that I have worked with, when they say no, they have no problem just saying no. For a woman, we want to say no. And then we feel like we have to give you this explanation. One of the things I had to learn was no is a complete sentence. Yeah. And, I have, and I didn't have to give you this big, long explanation like I'm asking you to validate that my reason to say no is good enough. No is no, and it's okay. You don't have to well, do that, and, and so I, mean, I love that. Yeah, and one of the things that we're trying to kind of change some behavior with WiseHer is that, you know, with, when, when women ask for free advice, it gets this kind of weird thing like, oh, can we meet for coffee or whatever? But then it's a 30 to 45 minute dance. And then at the end, I'm finally like, did you need me for something? You know what I mean? Because it's just awkwardness. So we're trying to take that awkwardness out of the ask. So when I schedule a call with you, I have 30 to 60 minutes of your time that I'm paying for, for a very affordable fee. 
and now we get down to business and you don't have to drive 45 minutes to meet me for coffee. I don't have to drive 45 minutes to meet you for coffee and then do the dance and then, you know, that whole thing. So, and it's not that I don't like meeting in person. I absolutely do. But at the same time, like there's some, some things that, you know, they could just be a quick call and you get the information that you need. So like you said, you know, the note is a complete sentence. So what we're saying to our experts is, you know, tell people, listen, this is how I book my time. And I do it because, you know, we can get right to the meat of the issue, but also with WiseHer, we give back a portion of our proceeds in the form of grants for women to help accelerate their businesses or career. So anytime someone does a call on WiseHer, a piece of that could potentially go back to them in the form of a grant to do some of the things I talked about, which is like prop them up with their basics of, you know, finance or, or insurance or whatever, or with corporate education, they can go ahead and maybe take a coding class, or maybe they want to take a, a course on how to be an entrepreneur if they're looking to, to get out of corporate. So, you know, we're trying to change some of that behavior because women, that's what we'll do. Can we meet for coffee? We'll always say that. A guy, I've never heard a guy say, can I meet you for coffee? Never. <laughs> You know, and I think that's really funny too, because I love it. And this is a great segue into talking about Wiser. But I think that one of the things that I've learned, probably the biggest lesson I've learned is really about, I mean, both you and I come from a networking background. It's literally how I built my business. But one of the things that I have seen that people push back on is thinking that when you're networking, it can't be about business. If I'm at a business event, I'm there for business. Right. And not that I don't want to know the name of your dog and your kids and all that stuff. It is about building relationships. When you're in a room with a hundred people, you're there and you have goals. Like what are your intentions? You need to know why are you there? Right? You're there for a reason. And so for me, the conversations I want to have are for that reason. Now, once we actually establish that and I say, Oh, and I find that we have some synergy or I just really find you interesting, whatever the reason is. And I say, oh, I really want to work on building that relationship. All of those other things are going to come in play. But when right. you have 90 minutes at a business event, you need to have business goals. Why are you there? And that's what right. I really love about WiseHer because we're taking all of that out of there. We all know why we're there. You know why you're making that call. You know what you're going to receive. So I really love this whole concept. So let's talk about that now. Can you kind of just sort of, we've kind of been talking about it a little bit. Let's really talk about the whole concept, what WiseHer is, what is your vision for it? So, the, so WiseHer just offers on-demand expert one-to-one -one advice for women. So, you know, if you have a problem, like let's say you're, because um, one of the things we were talking about a little bit earlier with, with, with women is, you know, one of our challenges, it's so isolating because 90% of us are solopreneurs and we think we're alone, but we're not. We're really not alone if we know that we can have a resource that someone can, we can just bounce an idea off of someone. You know, you go to the networking meeting and someone starts talking about Instagram. Now I wrote nine books on social media, but it was way before Instagram. I don't know Instagram. So if I'm out there and people are talking to me about that, I'm thinking, oh my God, I have to get on Instagram. How do I do that? The first thing I do is go to Google and then it's overwhelming information. But if I can just get on the phone with someone for 30 or 60 minutes and be like, okay, what do I need to do? You know, give me five things I need to do right now to get myself up on Instagram. And then they can show me and tell me how to do it. Now I can move on with my life. Now I can get unstuck. And that's really what it is. And you mentioned earlier also too about this, this spirit of abundance and collaboration. 
you know, we don't, we don't necessarily see ourselves as competitors to any of these women's groups that are out there that, you know, they do that in-person networking and they do it really, really well. We want to augment and, you know, and complement those services by, you know, or even mentoring services. Mentors look at, and coaches look at things at like a 50,000 foot or maybe a 30,000 foot view. And they'll tell you, you know, or, or guide you through what you should do or how you should think of things or, you know, help you come up with your own conclusions, but they won't write your internet copy for you. Right. And sometimes you don't need to hire a copywriter for a long period of time. You just need to talk to somebody about how you can get it done. So that's really what WiseHer does. And the vision is, is it's a global network, first of all. So this, all these challenges that I talked about, you know, the access and the cognitive load and the confidence gap, that's a global problem. It's not just here in the United States. So we are working with the United States State Department. We have other folks around the world that we're partnering with to bring these services globally. So if you're a woman in business or even a man, I mean, 30% of our, our customers are men which is kind of interesting and it's great. And, um, but you know, if, if let's say you want to source products from overseas, you don't have any idea how to do that and you can Google it, but it's really, you know, it's really kind of confusing. You can just talk, talk to one of our experts about how do I get my, you know, my stuff from China or people are doing from Vietnam now or whatever, but you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, or maybe I want to expand my services into another country or, I just want to talk to someone, like I said, about like the keywords for my website or Instagram or QuickBooks. I just need someone to talk to me quickly, you know, those kinds of things. So the real vision is to, yeah. I think it's really important. And I think that also what happens there too, a lot of times you don't need to take a whole course on it. I mean, this really goes back to even, I've always been that way. I drive my husband crazy. He's like, you always want the biggest, baddest, of everything, but you don't ever want to read the book. You just want to hand it to me and say, he's like, you want the biggest, baddest camera so you can point and shoot, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so I love the idea that I don't want to take a whole course right now. I just need to know this one thing that's got, that's going to get me unstuck and move me to the next thing I need to do. So the idea of being able to take 30 minutes or 60 minutes and say, okay, here's where I am. I don't need to know all the 500 things it's going to do for me. I just need to know this thing I want it to do. And you know, have you ever had a conversation with somebody and you, this is the one thing you want to know. And then they talk and they tell you all this stuff and you're overwhelmed and you just want to be like, you know, I don't even care about that right now. I right. care about that next week. But this moment in time, I need this one thing that's going to move me to the next place I need to go. And I love that so much. Yeah. And that's really the vision is just to help them, you know, go farther faster because I know with my business, you know, if I had sat back and taken a bunch of courses, and which I actually, you know, I did take SEO courses later on, but I knew that I just needed to know enough that I could go out there and say, okay, hire me to you do your one website. And then I'm, you know, I'll kind of learn on my feet. And I think that, you know, get off and running, but you had mentioned something earlier too, about how we're, you know, we kind of stand in our own way. I think for women, particularly, we, we just don't think we know enough, right? We're always thinking, oh, if I knew more, and I was the same way when I first started, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like I knew enough. And then when I realized that everyone else around me was doing the same thing, but they were, but they were saying, you know what, I don't know enough yet. And so they were still going forward and learning as they went. And then I kind of fell in step with that too. Like, okay, I don't know enough about social media yet. 
I know more than the other person does. And that's why they can hire me to do, you know, what I'm doing, but I don't need to know every little thing. I need to know enough to get my clients visibility. And that's kind of how I started. I love that. So this podcast obviously is marketing media and money, which is really important. So we really want to talk about strategy, leverage, some of the things. So what would you say the strategy that someone could put into place with their business right now? Like what is one of the number one things that they need to do leverage? Well, I think that the number one thing is, you know, one of the greatest things about social media is that you're, you're actually talking to like, you know, individual people in, in theory and not broad groups, but you have to be visible. You need to, and, and it helps you be really, really visible. And I think that was the number one strategy that I employed throughout this entire, you know, my entire career in, in being my own, you know, being my own boss in, in entrepreneurship is that, you know, I was just as visible as possible. And it was uncomfortable at first, don't get me wrong. You know, it was, it was not easy for me to put myself out there because it felt like bragging, right? It felt like, oh, you know, I'm talking about myself and, and, but then I saw everybody else around me getting those speaking gigs or, you know, writing the books or talking about themselves and their star was on the rise and mine wasn't. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it too. And I, and I have, and when I first started my into search engine optimization, that was, there was no history about me on the internet prior to that because, you know, I worked for a wall street firm, like we weren't anywhere. And so I had to build my reputation using those SEO strategies. So I did a lot of like those free online press releases with keywords. And then, you know, when, when building wise her, I taught myself enough code to be dangerous and it was, turned out it was kind of dangerous, <laughs> but it was, uh, it, you know, it was a good, probably a year building this platform. But if I waited till the, till we launched, you know, to, to go ahead and talk about it, then it would take me another year to get visibility. So what I did was I started to get, get visibility for wise her long before we even launched and people thought that we already had. So I think that the number one strategy I would recommend for people be as visible as possible, get on panels. Like if you're not comfortable public speaking, there are tons and tons of panels you can be on just setting yourself up in that, you know, in that, that area again, as that thought leader or the go-to person or things like that, but just be as visible as possible. I love that. Really do. I love it because you know, I've seen you do it, right? You know, I mean, I'm always sending you Facebook messages going, Oh, what's this? Tell me about that. You know, because obviously you're a friend and colleague. And I know that, you know, you were one of our cover girls, right? On the <laughs> Marketing Media Money magazine. So you're our cover girl. So if anybody wants to learn more about her, she did an amazing interview, um, an interview and article in there um, as well. I love that you actually know how to leverage those things. And that's something that's really important to me. It's what I teach my clients. It's what I tell everybody. It's not just marketing. Marketing in itself isn't enough anymore. You have to be able to have a strategy and you have to be able to leverage. Now this comes to like my favorite part, but we really can talk about how you have leveraged Wiser because I'm going to tell you, you have won a lot of awards. You've been very, very visible. You know, you just won a very big award this week. So I know I'm going to give you permission to brag. So let's tell us and tell everybody out there, like some of these ones in tech and startups and, and really, honestly, you're getting the recognition. People are seeing how you're going to be changing lives. I think it's really important. So tell us about some of the awards and some of the, you know, leverage and you're getting with YSERF. 
Yeah. So, so I think the number one thing, and, and you, and I know you live this too, is how, you know, we, we always, we show up in service. We show up with, how can I help you always? And when people do that, all of a sudden, you know, people see that and they start to respond and, you know, that's how I've built my network. I know that's how you built your network as well is, you know, how can we, how can we be helpful and in, 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 in service? And so I get a lot of these things because people are, because I've worked with people for so many years and I show up authentically. I really want wise her to help change women's lives around the world, period, full stop. Right. So uh, people, but people know that it is, yes, it will make money. I'm in sales, right? So, you know, we're in business to make money and there's no apology for that. But at the end of the day, it's a profit with a purpose. We know that we're going to make money, but it's also going to change lives. So you show up authentically. I think the other thing was, is that I've seen this Ted talk a friend of mine told me about that was this woman was talking about, she went for a hundred rejections or something like that. It was like, I think it was a hundred rejections and she just applied for everything. And I took that really to heart. I was like, cause you know, I'm, I wasn't born with an iPhone in my hand. I don't know, you know, I am of a certain age, right? Um, a little more seasoned, shall we say. And so I didn't have a lot of these, these expertises to, to start a tech company. So I was very intimidated by that because, you know, when I was at these pitch competitions, you had all these people who had, you know, graduated from MIT and places like that. And I thought, well, do I even belong in this room? And then I saw that TED talk of the hundred rejections and I was like, okay, I'm going to take the personal part out of it and I'm just going to apply for everything. And I did. And what was, what was really interesting about that is my team and I, we joke about the fact that we've gotten very few rejections because we just show up authentically. And so, um, you know, that's, I think, another reason why you need to put yourself out there because people aren't scouring the internet going, hey, we want Wise Her to be startup of the year. We had to apply for it, right? So that's the one we just won that you just mentioned. We won the People's Choice Award for Startup of the Year, which was just an incredible honor. Um, But we applied to come to that and we were selected and we showed up to win, right? So I think that it's just, just, put the personal aside and put the fear of rejection aside and apply for everything you can. I love that. That's really great. So how can people connect with you? If they wanted to know more about WiseHer, if they wanted to know more about you, how and where should they go to connect with you? So wiseher.com is our, is our website. And, um, and then obviously LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn um, as well. And I, and I, connect with people on LinkedIn all the time. Just make sure you send me a personal note to let me know that you listen to the podcast. So it just doesn't come out of the woodwork. Um, but with LinkedIn, you know, wise hers on Facebook, we're on Twitter, get wise hers, our handle, get wise her on Facebook as well and Instagram. So yeah, you can connect with me as there as well. Perfect. So now we're at the portion of the show where before we wrap up, I love to do this portion and it's called open mic hashtag open mic. And really what it is, is I want to make sure like you said earlier in the show, you and I come from a very service-minded mentality, right? It's always about serve, not sell. And I want to make sure that I serve and support my audience, but I serve and support the people who so generously give their time as well. So here's how it is. What is the one question that I didn't ask you? I like to try to cover everything, but what's the question that I really didn't ask you that you really want to answer? So this is the open mic for you to share from your heart anything we didn't get to talk about already to the audience. So I think the thing that, and I know you and I have talked about this a lot, and I think it's really important to bring up, 
is that, you know, there are so, so many gurus, quote unquote, out there, and you can see them all over the internet. And they're, they're like, oh, make six figures in six months and all those kinds of things. It's not like that. This is hard, right? Starting a business, growing a business is hard. And yes, I'm visible. And people will say to me, well, how do you get all that? How do you do all that? How do you, you know, how do you do these things? And you know what I say to them? I just do. I go out, I do them. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm making a billion dollars and you're not. And it only took me six months to do that. That's not the case. It takes It's hard work. Yeah. It's taken over a year of, uh, you know, more than that of hard work, over 10 years of hard work to build this network that I can go back to and say, Hey, can you be an expert on wise her and help women around the world? And you know, people will respond. Right. So it's really important. I think to bring that up is that social media is great, as I mentioned earlier, but it also can be very, it can, it can make us feel bad about ourselves. Like, Oh, look at them. And they're so much farther ahead than me, but that's not the case. So one of the things I always try to do when I'm on these when podcasts or, you know, when I'm writing articles or whatever is just to be authentic about it. You know, we all have our struggles. We all have the time that we need to spend with our families and do different things. And it's, it's not a, it's not a, a end some game. It's not, if I win, you lose, we're all going in the same direction take the pressure off yourself, do the things you can do, but also realize it's going to take time. I think that's really a very good point to make. You know, a lot of times people think, oh, this person did it in this amount of time. This person did it in this amount of time. You know, sometimes when people talk to me about speaking, I'm like, you know, I've been a speaker for eight years, but you know, you were my friend then too. The first 18 months, every time before I got on the stage, I was in the bathroom being sick for 18 months, every single time before I finally got to the point that I thought, okay, this can't happen anymore. Right. And it did, and it doesn't happen anymore. But what if I would have gave up after three months? What if, you know, three or four times I said, oh no, I can't do this. This must not be for me. Right. You make a decision. And once you make that decision, that's where it starts. But then you have to make a commitment and then you have to put in the time and do the work. Yes. Nothing is just just decide this is what you want to do. And people who make it look that way, it's just not real, right? You have to do the work. You know, that's what I tell my clients. You still have to do the work. You just don't have to do it alone, right? <laughs> and so we still have to do the work. So I, I love that you're kind of shining a light on that because I think it's really, really important. We don't have to do it by ourselves. We have this whole network that you're building where when you need to know something, you know, and sometimes somebody has a skill that may not even be the thing they're doing. Like I remember one time somebody helped me with this Excel, like crazy, crazy thing, right? At the time I was super stuck. I couldn't figure out how to do this one thing. And this girl helped me. It's not even what she did for a living. She's like, oh, Patty, I can just show you that in five minutes. And you're like, really? But literally I'd already spent days trying to figure out how to do it. So having somebody be able to do that, that is just such an important thing, especially when thing for women sometimes it's so hard for them to ask for help this is kind of takes that away now it's like oh you don't mind asking pay your you know very very affordable price get on there and now it's like great i paid this price you know this is what you know how to do this is the help i need and it kind of takes that whole anxiety away from it to get off the call implement move on. And when you get to the next one, come back and find another expert that can help you. So I really love that. Thank you so much for starting this. I'm honored to be an expert. Well, you're not only an expert, you're, yeah, you're a founding advisory board member. So we're, we're very lucky to have you and 
you know, I know your personally know your expertise and, you know, I'm going to be tapping into it as well. I, I schedule calls with experts on my platform all the time. I just scheduled one with a, um, with a, a pitch coach cause we have a pitch competition coming up. So, you know, we don't ask for free advice either. So, you know, we, we, we're, we're just really excited to have people like you who are willing to share their expertise with the world. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your expertise and providing this amazing platform. So thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And remember, sharing is caring. Thank you again, Catherine. I really appreciate you being on the show. To the next episode, make it a phenomenal day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Marketing, Media, and Money Podcast. To shorten your learning curve even more, make sure to grab your free copy of the Marketing, Media, and Money Magazine at www.marketingmediamoney.com. I promise your business will thank you.